Mike Seibert Radio is an independently produced podcast. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host and the guests only and do not necessarily reflect those of any other broadcasting entities that either have been, am now, or will be affiliated with. Welcome back to Mike Cybert Radio. I am your host. This is the podcast radio show where I talk about stuff and things that are on my mind every week. Um, if you want to get a hold of me, I am at Mike Cybert Radio on Twitter and Instagram. And the mailbag is MikeCybertRadio at gmail.com. And I got a fun one for you today. I've got three interviews from the Jet City Comic Show, including Voltron artist Blackie Shepard talking about a brand new project he's got in the works over at Dynamite Comics. And I also talked to the entire crew from the Out of the Fridge podcast, as well as grabbing a few minutes with Jet City Comic Show co-founder Brian Meredith. And um, the conversation gets a little more VH1s behind the music than I think either of us was um, anticipating or expecting. Um, um, all of that and more on this all-new episode of Mike Seibert Radio. But let's kick off the show in our usual traditional fashion with some shout-outs. Shout it, shout it, shout it out I wanted to give a huge shout out to the Robin Slim show for having me on as a guest uh, this last Wednesday. Uh, those guys are always a lot of fun and uh, make what we do look easy. Um, and if you missed the live stream, uh, they've got the show loaded as a podcast and I'll include a link in the show notes. Um, but yeah, check check out their show it's uh um it's uh um as like i've said it in the past it's kind of like an abrasive east coast uh morning radio show type style lots of interviews lots of fun uh definitely a different style of radio than uh what i do here on uh on this podcast but it's a it's great. Highly recommended. Um, a whole lot of fun. I also just want to give a general shout out to everyone out there that uh, supports the show and helps spread the word, uh, especially those of you using hashtag Potter Family and everyone in the PCEU, that's the Poop Culture Extended Universe. Uh, there's a, a, a Twitter group that they've included me in um, as well uh, for all of your retweets. I appreciate the support. Coming up after the break, it's my interview with artist Blackie Shepard from the Jet City Comic Show next on Mike Seibert Radio. On the Monday Project, we always have a lot happening, whether it's previewing new music, interviewing bands, showing unrecognized talents. We always just like to have fun and really like to expand our horizons. In this upcoming segment, you'll hear about when our new intern, got on his first show. You're wondering, the press conference, what what are we going to do with the press conference? Yes. Never heard of a press conference before. Mm-hmm. It's when you, uh, you know, pull aside either a coach or a player, and you ask them a bunch of questions, some that are supposed to pertain to the game, some that aren't. Today, ours is going to pertain to, what's that? Our new intern? Hey, what's up? Woo! Yes, we have a new intern, guys. 
Yes. It's DK. And I would just like to say, I'm kind of, I kind of feel jealous because when I got like onto the show, it was just like intern Elijah. Then you had Kento. You already have like a kind of cool radio name mm -hmm. as DK. Yeah, like, thank you. <laughs> like you just like it's like bread for radio. <laughs> All right. So, All right. Yeah. Welcome to the show, man. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. Like, the, we were talking, um, me and Kento, and then I talked to you about this earlier as well. So, for the listeners, when it comes to, you know, picking an intern or whatnot, usually the interns are in our 110 journalism class, you know, fresh into radio, waddling in like baby penguins saying, hey, I want to join a show. Well, mm. um... With DK, actually, we were talking sports, and I was like, man, this guy's awesome. I wonder if you want to join the show. So I was like, hey, you want to join the show? <laughs> he, oh, was, yes. he was like, yeah, sure, I guess. Oh, <laughs> Why not? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of how it went. I mean, <laughs> it was kind of out of the blue. I was like, you know what? I'm going to just do it. Yeah. I'm going to just do it. Yeah, I'm glad you did, because I probably probably would have just spaced my mind. So I'm glad to be here. I, I'm, I'm glad to have you. And then we actually found out a really yeah. interesting <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs> lineage. Um, yeah. So when this show, when I first came onto the show, the old host, uh, Mike, as you guys well know, he trained me, okay? And then Dez, who was the intern before Kento, he was trained by, uh, he was trained by Corey, also known as Cork, but the, the weird thing is, Dez trained Kento. Yeah. And, you know, that sounds like, you know, coincidence, that's kind of cool. Kento is the trainer for DK. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> crazy lineage. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's crazy. And I just figured out like just one hour ago. Yeah. So I totally <laughs> didn't know what, what what was happening. <laughs> I didn't know that until um I was talking to Kento and Kento was like, Yeah, yeah, I trained DK. I was like, What? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> What too? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was uh I that was pretty crazy when I found out myself. So Yeah, oh. it's really it's really fun. That's the Monday project for you. Wacky and random facts. We'd love for you to join us. You can tune in Mondays from 7 to 10 p.m. on 89.9 KGRG-FM or using the iHeartRadio app. So back in March, The Monday Project hosted its very first Artist Takeover episode, and Elijah and I welcomed comic book artist and illustrator Blackie Shepard up to the KGRG studio to talk about the Kickstarter for his independent project, a comic called Brawler. And I ran into him at the Jet City Comic Show to see how that's going, as well as a really cool new project that he's working on. Um, Blackie Shepard, how are you doing, dude? I'm doing very well, man. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So we were we were just talking for a couple minutes, and I realized, well, wait a minute. I should just be recording this. Fake news. We weren't talking. <laughs> we weren't talking. It Don't lie. It never happened. It never happened. But um, before I hit record, you were telling me about the uh, Pumpkinhead gig yes. at uh, Dynamite. Yes, just uh, landed it. Yeah, uh, uh, tell me a little bit about it. So, uh, so Dynamite got the Pumpkinhead license, uh, I want to say in July. Okay. And Colin Bunn, who I'd previously worked mm -hmm. with on Voltron, right. uh, immediately lobbied Dynamite because he, he's, he loves horror, mm -hmm. and specifically he loves Pumpkinhead, right? Uh, and so they announced the Pumpkinhead comic with Colin writing it in July, I think, at the New York City Comic Con. I okay. might have my month wrong. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and then they 
but they had a hard time finding an artist. Uh, they kept Dynamite kept sending artists to Cullen, but Cullen had a kind of specific idea of what he was looking for. Sure, he he wanted someone that could bring a little bit of that kind of Bernie Wrightson vibe. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. And and uh, Cullen and I have stayed in contact since Voltron, mm-hmm. uh, and like I I just did a pinup for his comic called Regression. Right. Uh, so I should okay. have a pinup in some upcoming issue. Nice. Um, and it's an amazing comic. Uh, and so uh, he finally he just suggested to Matt that the, our editor at yeah. Dynamite. He was like, "Well, what about Blackie? He, you know, that that dude worships Bernie Wrightson. I'm sure he could yep. give us something. You know. Yeah, yeah. So Matt got in contact with me and asked me to do you know an image just to see what I would how I would treat mm-hmm. you know Pumpkinhead. So I did this guy right here. And, that, that's uh, awesome. And he, you know, that did it. You know, it landed Very cool. it. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I'm really excited because, one, I love Cullen's horror stuff. He's, yeah. He's writing the best horror comics going right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm such a huge fan of Pumpkinhead as a kid. You know, the monster design is just iconic. You yeah. Know? yeah. And as a kid who drew a lot of monsters, man, yeah. it was I was all over it. And then... Uh, and then when I got the pitch, when Colin sent me the pitch, and I got the the kind of the, the general idea of what the story is, uh-huh. the story is bonkers, dude. It's, it's bonkers. <laughs> nice. uh, long cool. story short, it's yeah. going to be a big demon fight. Yes. Because there's there's a there's, there's a demon for every uh, every one of man's sins, right? So there's oh yeah, yeah. essentially right. there's seven demons. Okay. okay. All right. And so the <clears throat> the basic drift is yeah. Demon, demon battle royale, as it were. You know? I like that. I, I think that's really cool. So, um, uh, and, and that's from Dynamite, right? Yeah, it's going to be coming out from Dynamite. Awesome. Any uh, any release info on that? Any? Uh... I want to say, I know it starts coming out in early uh, 2018. I want to say maybe end of January, early oh, February. Okay. Nice. Is the first issue. Very cool. So yeah, we'll keep an eye out on that. Now, um, the the last time I chatted with you, um, we were going over the uh, Kickstarter for uh, Brawler. Yes. How's um How's that going? That went that the brawl the Brawler Kickstarter was successful. Uh, I raised a, uh, a really good sum of money. I was really pleasantly surprised. Um, I've been working steadily on Brawler pages. Unfortunately. When I landed the the pumpkin head yeah, gig, yeah. I, I had to push pause on Brawler. So right. uh, my bra- my backers so far have all have all been really cool and and understand. You know, I got to take the the big pumpkin head gig. Absolutely. Um, and so it's cool, man. I'm and the thing is, is you know, Brawler is my baby. That's right. that's my my passion project. Yep. So it's. I'm really just kind of going to knock this pumpkin head thing out so I can get back to work on Brawler, you know? <laughs> well, this is great catching up, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah really cool I'm stuff. Glad you're here. Yeah. It, it's, it's great. And I didn't even think to ask, have, uh, have you done this show before? No, this is my first year at this show. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, I, I went to the very first year. Okay. Uh, <laughs> gotcha. Very cool. Well, um... Was there anything else you wanted to cover that you've got coming up that uh, Not really, man. you want to let folks know for about? For me, it's all about Pumpkinhead at this point. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, man, that, that's going to be killer. I can't wait, dude. The story is just bomb. Okay. So the idea is uh, same kind of setup. A tragedy happens. Right? Yeah, okay. Uh, and then uh, the, the person who committed the tragedy gets Pumpkinhead sick on him. But this guy, okay. instead of being from out of town and doesn't know anybody, he's from the Appalachians. And so he knows that there are other witches out there uh, and there are okay. demons for every sin. So as soon as right. Pumpkinhead gets called on him, 
he goes to the other six witches and summons up all the other six okay. witches to protect him from Pumpkinhead. I love uh, it. And so it's a fight between Pumpkinhead and the other six demons, you know. And each demon is for a different sin, right? So there's right. a lust demon, right. there's an avarice demon, there's a, a sloth demon, there's a, you know. Yeah, I so, love that. Yeah. I, I love that. That's... <laughs> Oh. Eventually, it turns into a demon battle royale, you know. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's. I mean, I love your monster fights. I mean, right? so, I mean, <laughs> can't go wrong. You can't with the literally fight. can't go wrong with the monster fights. So, uh, uh, Blackie Shepherd, where uh, where can people find you on the internet, and how can we connect with you on the interwebs? I am. Uh, my website's down right now, but it'll be back up shortly. It's www.cqshep. Uh, Dot com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also find me Twitter at uh, cqshep.com or cqshep. Uh, I think my Instagram is artdevil313. Yes, that still checks out. <laughs> and uh, and facebook.com forward slash cqshep. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, man. Have a great show. I will do that. Thank you, brother. And as an added bonus, stick around for the outtakes after the credits. I've got some more audio with Blackie Shepard where he talks about Voltron and Masters of the Universe. Next up is my interview with the nice folks from Out of the Fridge. Here's the thing I, I've learned. I've like, cause like I've um, um, interviewed a couple bands recently, like oh, at, listen, at, at listen. the venue, yep. and that sounds halfway okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of like it because you can hear the green room and everything. We'll see, and, and that's why I thought with uh, with doing this here, like I was just talking to Blackie Shepherd over there, and like you know, there's people coming by, and it's like, how much is this print? And you know, I, I kind of like the uh, texture and uh, ambience to it. Yeah. But but anyway, so so you guys only got a couple minutes, ironically enough before you run off and do a, a big timey interview of your own but um, I am here at the Jet City Comic Show with uh, the the world famous podcasters <laughs> from the uh, world famous um, Out of the Fridge podcast. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go low tech and I'm going to hand around my sophisticated recording <laughs> equipment and why don't you guys introduce yourselves and uh, let folks know um, let the say like hey yo uh, yo hey Hey, yo. Yo, 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 hey. Uh, I'm Eric Mannix from Out of the Fridge. I'm Allison Poppy from Out of the Fridge. Kelly O'Clair. <laughs> and I'm Andrew Chard. It's really nice to be involved in an interview for the first time. Like, I wasn't allowed to the first two times, but this one's really nice. <laughs> Mike's listened to the show, so he knows you're Yeah, yeah, so, so really... You know so that I'm not allowed to do anything. Right. <laughs> hey, somebody's got to press those buttons and check those yeah. levels. That, that is the Lord's work, my friend. That is... I mean, because... Uh, Allison's been doing it all. He's been like, teach me. I'm like... I'm like, what knobby oh do I turn? Yeah, He's like, I'm ready. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, we had to take pictures of everything when we moved studios because Andrew right. had it all set up and he moved to LA for a while. So I was like with my camera taking pictures of every possible know, setting. And even then we still had to FaceTime Andrew. Like, Andrew, look. Look at the buttons. What did we do? Yeah, He's what? at us. I don't know. What's happened? I we initiated the self-destruct. I don't know. Gotcha. So, so for the uh, for the uninitiated, because I, I talk about you guys all the time, but I don't necessarily kind of get into the nuts and bolts of what the show actually is. What's what is the elevator pitch of Out of the Fridge? What we are a weekly feminist comic book podcast. We are based at Olympia, Washington. Every Friday, we release a new episode. We cover Marvel, DC, and independent books. It is a book club-style format, because no one cares what my opinion is. So we usually go about 90 minutes. We uh, just delve into, here's the plot, here's what we like about the art and the writing style. 
are there problematic elements in the book, racism, mm. sexism, that kind of thing, and we just delve into that. We do try to stay positive because there's a lot of nerd rage on the internet, and we don't want to kind of feel that anymore than we have to. Yeah, we do recommendations. We try not to, like, rate things. Yeah. Because a lot of, like... Like, I like them, but IGN, they do a lot of rating, and it's just everyone's opinion is so different on what yeah. the rating scale well, is. And the numbers don't really mean anything, you know? Like, a 10 to one person is like a 4 yes. to someone. Like, it doesn't... <laughs> how do you relevant. translate that? <laughs> and then, uh, like, I used to work at a comic book store, but these three all work at a comic book store together, so, like, having the retailer perspective yeah. is, like, hugely different than most uh, shows, I feel like. It's just, like... We're thinking about who we should give this book to and, like, who would like right. this. And if you read this, would you like this? And that's something I don't hear a lot of on other shows. So it's something we can do because we have that experience. Well, and that's something that you get at your local comic shop. Right. You know, yeah. you know, Amazon could give me, like, some kind of algorithm of what they to buy. But it's garbage. But we, we make fun out. Yeah, it's like, you read this comic. This is also a comic. Like, yeah. <laughs> but if I read a children's book and then you try yeah. to show me Watchmen next, well, I'm a yeah. grown man and I might be able to handle that. Yeah, it's My like, kid, maybe not so much. Yeah. Of, of the other comics out there, this is one of yeah, them. Yeah, like, this is also it's a comic. So, yeah. I mean, I think that's why you go to comic book stores. Absolutely. Like, why that's why they're important still is because nobody really has a good way of recommending stuff or like knowing you personally well enough to know what you're gonna like and so like once you develop that relationship with your local store they'll know what you like and that's the best part about going to a store I think yeah so oh yeah and we we have a ton of regulars uh, that we meet like I'm really bad with names but I remember books that people like and don't like and so yeah. we're able going off of that and eventually I do learn their name but right I'm like hey man I'm yeah, like, that person you. really likes the X-Men yeah. uh, I'll at least remember that part of yeah. it um, and then eventually I'll remember the name as well and that's one of those we all shop on Amazon and online I mean I get it oh, but sure. yeah I love like I, I miss video stores still I miss being able yeah. to go yeah. I miss being able to go in and physically just like I want a cheesy horror movie tonight yeah. I don't know what I want and just looking at the cover and reading the description on the yeah. back like, and then it's then holding it yeah like reading it and then holding it up to the dude that's working there like yo man and like yeah that one's awesome like alright alright yeah. let's do this man and then yeah. oh, there's something tangible about that that we still provide yeah well and Kelly has worked at a couple libraries too oh okay yeah. cool. so then there's that background of mm-hmm. it too and that knowledge and bringing it forward and that's also a reason why we started the kids show too right was because one our regular show out of the fridge yeah. is not necessarily it, kid appropriate. It's a little NSFW. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we did an event at a library. Yeah. We're friends with a lot of librarians. Yeah. We did an event like two years ago and uh, there was a great room full of about 20, 30, 12 year old kids okay. and they were into it. They were yeah. taking they were taking yeah. notes on everything we were saying. Um, they Some of them wanted our autograph which I thought was hilarious. Wow. Uh, I know. Yeah. I, it was so weird. Oh, yeah. They must have thought we were so They must have thought they, I mean this was a small town, so they, it was just as in Raymond for local people. You're world so. famous podcasters. I keep telling and, you guys. And Raymond were a big deal now. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anywhere else, not so much. I go to Raymond. I like, walk into the everybody's and everybody. You know, yeah. Like, they know me up in here. But, yeah. but uh, we've realized as we were talking to these great kids that had all these amazing questions that like, oh, you probably shouldn't be listening to my yeah. show. So that's when we started uh, Pages for Ages was right after that. We're like, yep. we want something to strip out the cursing and to strip out the heavy politics and we found when we did that it was about a 30 minute show as opposed to a 90 to 2 hour show 
Um, but that was, yeah, that was really fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun project. So, um, so before I let you guys get on to your actual official, and incidentally, who um, who's interviewing you guys? Oh, man, it's a young man named Michael that is doing a project for the University of Washington. Oh, really? Okay. And he's, he is a listener of the show, met him yeah. this morning for the first time. That's uh, cool. Very, very friendly gentleman. And so, yeah. Um, I don't know exactly what the project is. I probably should go more <laughs> into that. Just like, figure it out. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's, it's fine. like, it's just delusional podcasters that think they're a big deal. I'm going to interview yeah, them and dude, see if Manix will talk about himself. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. I'll be some psychological study. Like, <laughs> like Go deep dive, Woo! deep dive on that. Yeah, I would so listen to that. <laughs> I know I would. Yeah. I, I, I am there for that. Yeah. So what's uh what's currently going on on the show? What's uh what's coming up next? We are currently doing Found Families Month uh, because it's November and we have Thanksgiving and all that. Um, and so Lumberjanes just came out. Yep. Next is Mystery Society, and then we're doing uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and then we're doing Zodiac Star Force. Yeah. The way that the way that we do this show is I, I describe it as a rotating dictatorship. Um, <laughs> we like we're, we're democratic with all the things that that matter. So like, here's the cons we're gonna do. Here's the panels we're gonna do. Here's we want like our public image as far as promotional materials and photography and things. We're 100 in agreement on all that, or we make sure we get there but um we found really early on that we started butting heads on the books we wanted to cover sure um so what we do now is we do themed months the mo most of the time mm -hmm. and so yeah found families is the theme we just did every october is always horror supernatural some kind of halloween nice. themed of course and our first episode ever came out on uh halloween day of 2013 so um horror stuff has a special place in our heart um for many reasons and that being one of them is that's our first day really for the show itself yeah uh yeah, but we always uh, we always get a pick within the theme. Once we agree on the theme, like yeah. my pick is my pick, you have to read it. You don't have to like it, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. See, but that, you have to try it out, and, and I like it because yeah. um, there's books that I thought I was not going to be into, and yeah. favorites of mine, and I've been able to turn them onto things. And it, either way, we have a good discussion. Well, and we yeah. all have such different opinions. Like, right. yeah, Kelly and I are really similar, mm -hmm. but like Mannix and I. Read a lot of oh, different comics, different yeah, and like different eras and all of that. So I think it's really interesting to get different opinions. That's that's why I like our show. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> I've only ever gotten one pick on the oh, show. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure it's cool, to like but it was oh, a good oh one though. Wow! What was but it? It, it was the October one. It was. Oh, uh, <laughs> what did I even do? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. Oh, it was, uh, the, oh, Rise of the Black Flame. Oh, that's right. Flame. By Meg oh, Mignola. yeah, okay. Oh, I'm still sad. Yeah, that's yeah. my only pick. We what? Read, what's Zodiac Star Force? I have not, and you guys picked that. Oh, Shut up. <laughs> we obviously love so, each other, too. Yeah, yeah. I think the first three months of the show, we did not have Andrew yet. We used to record it at the comic shop we all work at. Right, uh, very right. early on, Andrew offered his services because uh, he, he had his own studio. And so there was like maybe two episodes that Andrew recorded for us without like officially being on. Right. I think and then it was, the mic swings. And then the mic starts like, <laughs> then of course, You guys invited me to be on <laughs> Rack No, no Sailor Moon. We wanted Andrew the whole time. And he was right. like, I'm too busy. He was on another show at the time. And oh, course, okay. I just didn't want to get in the middle of the show that you guys were making. Gotcha. We got to It happens. Oh. My bad. That's, that's cool. <laughs> that's another thing I really love about the show too I'd like to say is that like yeah. I always joke that we're like a nerd band because yeah. uh, like Andrew is a professional level you know sound design guy I mean he's a he's a recorder he's a producer like he's gone to graduate school 
to study sound design. So as far as like podcasts, like audio quality and things, it's like overkill. We, I mean, we have a we have <laughs> yeah. a studio. We each have you know we, we still have, have a lot of work things. to do, but like it sounds okay right but now. No, yeah. Yeah. But like I mean, we're not your average podcast is like one USB mic or whatever. Yeah, and, and that's fine. That works yeah. on a lot of people. But like you know, we we like go full scale production on this thing, and mm-hmm. then like. Allison is our manager. She's the one that keeps everything organized. She has notebook upon notebook. She's the one that yeah, usually color coding. Yeah, she's the one yeah. that she cares about. Google us. Docs. Press anytime yes. we're talking like press badges and signing up for channels and stuff. Yeah. I feel like ninety percent of the time that's like, Allison yeah. making all of that happen. She handles our uh, our business taxes because we do have a business license. Right. Right. Even right. though we don't do this for money, we do like run it like it's a, a business. So, like right. we have a Patreon yeah. and everything. We we make sure we're always on the books. For our office. Yeah. You know, yeah. So yeah, and uh, and Kelly's like the talent. I like to say she's the, <laughs> she's, she's the writer on the show. Anytime there's like there's been some great essays that she's done. She usually has some of the most interesting things. And to you say can on find her college thesis on uh, the website. So good. Really? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Kelly does all our video editing yeah, now too. Yeah. Uh, for the brand new show that we just launched called Twice Bitten, yeah. which is a horror video show that Kelly and Allison produce now. <laughs> Definitely stoked on that one. And uh, I mostly just talk and tell dad jokes, but uh, uh, I take some decent photos every once in a while I get to be the photographer and I enjoy that. Yeah. But I kind of like that all these things come together in this symbiotic relationship and uh, to become out of the fridge just a song that's bigger than the parts. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. It's a lot of fun. So, um, actually, the the main question, because you guys are a comic book podcast, not to put you too much on the spot, but we'll go around the room, best book on the stands. <laughs> oh, man. That's like asking which one of my children I love more. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Because you all have different tastes yeah. and have different perspectives. And something that you would recommend is not necessarily, like, your favorite or what's yeah. the best. I guess, yeah, well, and that's an easier, a slightly easier question question is like so what am i personally reading right now oh there we go yeah i like uh, there's a book called goldie vance that uh boom boom the young adult imprint of boom studios is doing it i'm i am like people are surprised when they because it's very much aimed at younger readers it's very bright kind of primary colors it's essentially like a um if nancy uh drew was was black and lived in the 60s and was gay and got to just run around and get into all kinds of shenanigans, but also had a stole really cars. stole cars, right? Like with NASA, yeah. Like, <laughs> so it's very kind Wait, of absurd and over the top kind of screwball humor. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I love it. And from issue one, it was one that like stood out to me. And it's a small it's a small little book that that uh, I don't know. I they could make a hundred volumes of it, and I would just buy every one. It's one that I do hype a lot at the shop, but it's one that just I for personal just selfish reasons love and get a lot of enjoyment out of. Nice. That's very cool. Uh, mine is all new Wolverine. If anyone is surprised, <laughs> shock. Um, what? We're playing the hits. Yeah. Yeah. We're playing uh, the hits. I like it because it doesn't suffer from the usually from the events that Marvel does every three months. Um, but it is fun. It'd help if you read the X twenty three stuff, but you don't have to read it. Yeah. Um, I think it, it's more impactful. Um, and I just like her as a character, and I love Gabby. Yeah. And Jonathan mm-hmm. and, and uh, the part where Old Man Logan was on it too. Right. Um, and then, kind of going with what Manic said, uh, one of like all of our favorites is Giant Days, and that's still coming out. 
is fantastic. And uh, it's about three young women in college, and they get into shenanigans, and it is just brilliant. And it's such like a good feel feel good friendship book, and that's what I like to read, like especially on my downtime. Awesome. Very, very cool. How about you, Kelly? Uh, I think I have to call myself out. Yep. The only book that I'm yep. caught up on is Batman because I love Catwoman. Oh, okay. I'm way into Batman. Answer that Catwoman. question. I was going to say, well, which Batman? Are we yeah. talking like All Star yeah. Batman? Okay. Yeah. So okay. that's the thing. It's, I, <laughs> let me tell you a story. So I okay. love started. Well, you know, both series when Rebirth started, I yeah. was like about that and Detective, and I was like, well, I think I like Detective better. I think I'm gonna drop Batman. Yeah. And then they're like, Catwoman's gonna be a Batman, and I was like, God damn it! <laughs> so I like read all of it and got caught up, and was like, No, this is pretty good when you like get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just like really obsessed with Batman and Catwoman as a thing. So, <laughs> so like, now is her time. Just, yeah, yeah, I'm it's just, time. Like, I can't. It's, they got me. It's, it's time for the shippers to come yeah, out yeah, for sure. Oh, and Joelle Jones is currently doing the art in it, and we adore. She does our lady killer. Oh, Oh, go check it out. I gotta get on that. Her Talia is so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Two years ago at Rose City, we had just covered uh, Lady Killer, the first volume, which is one of probably our collectively our all-time favorite books. And uh, we didn't realize Joelle Jones was going to be there. We were uh, we were interviewing uh, Jamie Rich, the uh, the co-writer. And uh, she walks up, and so we introduce ourselves. She's yeah. like, "Oh, out of the fridge, yeah, I'm a fan of you guys." Black, pretty. It's like one of those. Like, and I died, and yeah. to this yeah. day, I am a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> it was like literally the coolest thing that's ever happened in my yeah. life. That's. I was like, she kind of knows who I am. That's pretty that's cool. That, that is a rad feeling. Yeah. That was a rad feeling. Yeah. So. Twice, but both times it was cool. Yeah. Um, well, that's all it takes is just you know, yeah, yeah. Just, it's yeah. like you like my stuff. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm really into Birthright still. Everybody knows that I'm, like, way into that book. I'm also a little bit behind on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but, like, it's one of my favorite series. I love the 1990s Ninja Turtle movie. It's, like, one of my favorite movies ever and favorite comic book movie for sure. So, like, I, I love it. I think the new series is, like, the best amalgamation of, like, all of the best parts of every version of the Turtles. Yeah. And yeah. I really, really like that. I'm also way behind on Transformers, but Kelly got me way into Transformers, <laughs> so I blame her for that. I think that's all I'm reading right now. Yeah. yeah. I think so. See, tell R1, RIP. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, there's so much good stuff out there now, though. It's hard. Like, I like to read it in the trades more than... So I'm, like, yeah. catching up on older series, but so much good stuff. Man. You know, one of these days, I'll have to, like, hit you guys up and do, like, a deeper dive because there's like yeah. each one of these oh, things it's yeah. like I could go off on a whole riff but time is not on our side episodes <laughs> of four of those we yeah. did all new Wolverine Giant Days yep. yeah. yeah. Holy Vance and Birthright we haven't done Batman yet, Kelly, but maybe. Well, not the new stuff. We, yeah, we, did, stuff. we did Batman month a few years ago. But right, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Catwoman episode. We did yeah. Catwoman. Really early on. Yeah. That was the first time we got called out for not being feminist enough was uh, yeah. when I posted the Catwoman episode. And then I linked back to every episode we had done to that point, which had a female lead yeah. or had a female creator. But yeah, that's yeah, a whole, whole dive for another day. That wasn't yeah. enough. <laughs> that wasn't enough. Sorry, I'm not feminist enough for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. Like, we try. Yeah. Where is your feminist podcast? 
drop the mic. There you go. <laughs> there the it mic. is. Yeah. There it is. So if uh, uh, if folks wanted to, where can they find Out of the Fridge on the internet, and how can we connect with you guys on the social media? So we are at outofthefridgecomics.com. That is our website where you can directly stream the uh, episodes themselves. And uh, whenever Kelly writes a cool article, it's on there as well. Is Twice Bitten the videos? Is that up as well? They're, on, they're, they're, on they're just on YouTube. They're right not now. on the website yet. All right. right. So, yeah, the web- website's mostly the show, uh, the, the audio show. Um, mm-hmm. We are on Facebook to search for Out of the Fridge. Um, on the Facebook, you're going to find any of the con photos that we take. Uh, as well as links to any episode. Every Friday a new episode releases, and we share it everywhere. We're on Twitter, um, at Out of the Fridge. Uh, Tumblr, also Out of the Fridge. Right. Um, Instagram. Instagram is Out of the Fridge. Search Out of the Fridge basically anywhere, and you'll you'll find and us. And we have a Patreon. That's right. Oh, please, um, yes, I'm bad about it. It helps us keep the lights on. We pay bills now. Um, <laughs> we pay internet and lights and all of that. Um, so if you just search out of the fridge on <laughs> patreon.com or you can donate a dollar plus and you'll get live stream it's just patreon.com slash out of the fridge yeah, so it's so. really easy to yeah. perfect easy to remember yeah. love that and the benefit to any patreon supporter is uh, we record every Sunday night we do record fairly late it's usually 9pm to midnight that's why it's the dollar level yeah. but uh, hey, for as little as one dollar you can listen to the live stream if you're into like just all the words and all anything that's going to get cut we sometimes yeah. will ramble for 45 minutes before we even start <laughs> recording on completely absurd things. Um, but if that's your bag, and we do have we do a Discord uh, chat at the same time, so people can interact with us. Ask us questions. Ask us and actually have direct input on the episode as it's being recorded, so that's really cool. Um, yeah, and then as far as, like, personal, I'm at the Bobby Krogan on everything, I think, um, Twitter and whatever. So, I know yeah. when I first started interacting with you, I was like, who's Bobby Krogan? Yeah, I had have to I not, go, where's Have Bobby? I not told you the story, Mike? <laughs> I, right, don't so, you, I don't know if you have, actually. So, um, if oh, you man. don't know at home, I'm a devastatingly <laughs> handsome bald man. Yes, um, it's true. <laughs> but my best friend Alan looked at me one day and said, you know what, man? You kind of look like, because I also, I play guitar, I used to be in a band. Right, yeah, like, yeah. You look like a broke-ass Billy Corgan. <laughs> was his. And so I said, cool, man, I guess that's Bobby Corgan then. That's like the twist on that. That's I would like to say that these yeah. days, I'd like to think that Billy Corgan is a broke-ass Bobby Corgan. I think the tables have turned at this Anymore, point. Anymore, yeah. yeah. I think, like, uh, maybe like way off Billy the Corgan. Taco yeah, Bell. Like, I, think, uh, I, I think I take that one now. I mean, I mean, I love Taco Bell as much as the best, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, man. How about you guys, Amy? Uh, uh, personal social medias you want to want to hype? Um, you can follow me on Twitter. I think it's a poppy three one five. Instagram is perfect, perfectly flawed three. Um, but I think it's linked with my Twitter. Sure, you sure. Follow me there. Post shenanigans, cat pictures, all that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> jump foolery, yeah. shenanigans. Mine's blob ride, like Dracula. Nice. <laughs> I like that because like. 19-year-old me thought that sounded cooler than Dracula yeah. Ride, basically, and so that's just me on everything. <laughs> See, you were smart enough to just pick something and stick with it. I know, like, I, 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 I changed my Twitter handle like five times. Yeah. It's like, I'm never getting verified at this point. Just <laughs> 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 stick with an identity. <laughs> oh, man. Well, guys, uh, thank you so very much for taking the time. This yeah. was this was a lot of fun, and yeah, one of these days we'll have to 
do something more official or something. Yeah, that's Andrew fun. is max charred or maximum charred on it. Yeah. Ah, yes. It's maximum charred on Twitter, but I don't know how to use it. So <laughs> like, no. Who does? I mean, yeah. really. These three aren't terribly active on Twitter. I am very active on Twitter. Yeah. It, so there's yeah. like two ends of the yeah, spectrum. Yeah, yeah. I over tweet probably. Yeah. But I think, though, you guys have a good strategy, whether you stumbled into it or not, because you kind of cover it from a few different social it's media standpoints. Yeah. It's definitely stumbling. Yeah. <laughs> from my, my perspective. Cool. All right. Well, thanks a lot, you guys, and I, uh, um, I'll be listening. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Up next is Brian Meredith, co-promoter and co-founder of Jet City Comic Show. He's one of the original architects of the Emerald City Comic Con, as well as one of the founders of the Comic Stop chain of stores here in Washington State. Now, when the comic stop disbanded, Brian rebranded the Linwood store as Subspace Comics and runs it with his wife, Amy. Brian has been self-publishing comics on and off for many years, uh, having created a few comics himself, such as Sprecken, Lucifer Fox, Steve Lawless, Mash Tun, and with his daughter, Dr. Zombie, which I, I actually really like that one. Um, um, he also happens to be a guy that I go all the way back with from when I really got into reading comics. Um, I've uh, I've bought comics from him out of five different shops along the I-5 corridor over the years, and he's here now to talk to me, not just about the origins of the Jet City comic show, but he's also very candid about the history of the convention scene here in the Pacific Northwest and what the future might hold for the Jet City comic show. So, so Brian, you you and I go back like a way long way. Yeah. In fact, I think I I I think I started buying comics from you when I was in high school. Yeah. I think that sounds about you right. You wouldn't be the uh, you wouldn't be the first customer I had that was from high school that's now like a full grown adult. Yeah. You know, um, as a side note, one of my favorite uh, old customers. She's no longer with me. Uh, she doesn't buy comics anymore. Uh-huh. Her name is Susan, and I was selling her Captain America comics when she was like 15 years old. Wow. She's now married, has a child of her own, who's pushing I think like six or seven and she's gone to college oh gone to her God. job she's moved on and I'm just you know I'm like wow it's just it's amazing to see you know it, 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 how long it, it's weird yeah. it's it's a trip um, but, but anyway but the reason why why I, I bring that up is because I, I've um, had this unique perspective of seeing kind of like the gang the old band kind of grow and yeah. move and kind of be on the ground right. level of like a couple weird things so so with that um could you talk about kind of like the what, what? the origins essentially or, yeah or? yeah 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 no you're i mean yeah you, you kind of put it there you uh you you were around long enough that you know you saw the old og crew right all the original volunteers you know the you know the minions mm-hmm. you know back when we were the comic stop back when we did originally emblem city and how all that grew into a big old mini empire for right. the pacific northwest um, I mean, yeah, I mean, the origins for Jet City does stem from that, because it was roughly around, I want to say, year five, year four or five of Emerald City, uh, which, you know, it's a whole other thing as to why we did that. Right. But it was growing at such an exponential rate that by the time we got to the convention center and our costs jumped up. Yeah. You know, we were charging so much more for for booths. Uh, we had our expenses were astronomical. I mean, yeah, wow, is all I can say. And so what you had is you, you had all the little guys, all the guys that started in the beginning, and they were um, you know they were kind of uh, left out with Emerald City growing at an exponential rate. Mm-hmm. You had 
you had all these guys that gave us, I, I guess you could say, took a chance on a, on a bunch on a group of idiots that didn't know what they were really doing, <laughs> but apparently could do a better job than you know who was doing shows before. Sure, no offense to that person, you know, he just. You know, his heart wasn't in it anymore, and right. you know, and it, and that's fine. And but all these guys were getting outpriced, and they couldn't afford they couldn't afford to take the risk. And then we realized this is now becoming a pop culture show and not a comic book show. Right. And, and so we thought, you know what, Jet City could be a good complimentary show to that mm-hmm. by making it a more traditional dealer centric with some nice local artists yeah. a few celebrity you know maybe like a few nostalgia guests yeah uh, you know have a little bit for everybody but mm-hmm. keep it cheap totally. and you know that's how the origin started we uh, originally did the first few years in Seattle mm-hmm. and we quickly learned that that just was not actually a good idea right you know it's like the having it in the fall with you know Emerald City in the spring was okay mm-hmm. but unfortunately there just wasn't the right venue and the venue we had at the Seattle Center was just terrible. It was at that little dungeon exhibition hall. Yep. Terrible parking, terrible load-in, uh, no signage. It was, I mean, um, you couldn't even, it wasn't even in a proper grid. You couldn't even lay out a floor plan without right. having poles in the middle. Well, of you'd have to go to different rooms and yeah, all that it other was, stuff. It was, is, just, it was just a, yeah, it was just a cluster. And so that's when James and I thought, well, we either need to pack this idea up or take the chance and try some more different. Mm-hmm. And that's when we thought Tacoma hasn't had anything in since like the 90s right so we figured all right well let's give that another try and that's when we took the leap here for the tacoma convention center we were like wow here's this brand new convention center it's nice sized it's not too big but it's not small you know right. it's like great parking beautiful lobby friendly people yeah we thought, let's give this a shot and that first year i mean that the first year here year four blew the doors out of all the other ones we had done before right, so right. that's why in a weird way Jet City is, even though it's a technically a Seattle nickname <laughs> sure. is the Tacoma show right. and you know and and as a side note we have gone back and forth on changing the name mm-hmm. you know to do something with that uh, James and I have gone to him we were we originally were thinking we should change it when we first after the first year we were yeah. here uh, because okay let's make it a Tacoma one but we're also like well we've invested all this money in like the Bomber Girl and everything yeah, else yeah you got a lot of branding that, you know a branding in there we're yeah. like well we'll just leave it here and see what it is but now that we've been here longer than we've ever been down and down in there we're thinking okay it might be time so okay. we've been we've been pondering a few ideas but you know nothing's concrete on that yet so uh, so on that let's uh, let's talk about the future a little bit okay. because the uh, as, as what I've seen from coming the last few years, mm-hmm. it gets just a little bigger every year. Right. And if I remember correctly, and please correct me if I'm wrong, um, one of the original mission statements of Jet City was to kind of be that that small, intimate show. Right. There's it's a real fine line. It's mm-hmm. a balance. It's like we want to have growth each and every year, right. and we need to ha- maintain a certain growth. It's a, it's a huge thing that checks and balances with this. Mm, um, okay. In order to stay a successful mid-tier show, you can't have too many people in that it explodes and, say, becomes like Emerald City. Right. You know, um, but at the same time, 
you have to generate enough money that you can advertise it properly um, and you know be able to pay for the space you know all the all the merch you know all the equipment merchandising fixtures venues mm -hmm. all the venue stuff right and so it's it's a weird balance if you if you don't grow enough we don't make enough profit to be able to roll that over to the next year right right so it's um, so we need growth and you, I mean and you can have a successful mid-tier show that's got a lot more people than we have coming in mm -hmm. these days and so our goal I think I would say our goal is to try to get our um, is get the awareness of the show out there even further than say Tacoma Olympia sure. you know really build it on and we think that the word of mouth is really now starting to, yeah. to trickle out there and a lot of it is you know we have been overshadowed, uh, overshadowed mm -hmm. by Emerald City and then you've got like Rose sure. City and you've got a Wizard World in Portland and you've got a kajillion shows these days yeah. and so it's really hard to kind of stand out so I mean with that in mind you can I mean especially when you're trying to stick to your guns to be like a traditional comic show yeah. you're not giving the I don't want to say non-fans but the the weekend fans all right you know the people that yeah. you know hey i love comic books but i've never read a comic in my life or mm -hmm. i just love the movies or oh i just want to go to see the actors and run around and cosplay costume mm -hmm. and that's great if you want to do that i got nothing against that right it's like that's what you like and you should totally do that mm -hmm. but those honestly those kind of uh customers doesn't translate to dollars for the for the dealers. Good point. And right. when the dealers don't make any money, then they're not going to be as apt to sign up for the next year. Mm -hmm. And and if they're not apt to sign up for the next year, it's like I lose I lose I lose money that I need to pay for the next year. Right. Right. So it's yeah. like I said, it's a real weird check and balance, mm -hmm. uh, trying to keep everything affordable because you know we don't mm -hmm. want it. We don't want to raise our prices at the door. We right. don't. I mean, we we barely raise the prices. On, the, on our tables um, you know it's no secret I mean like say a corner booth is only like uh, was it 350 something like that yeah Yeah. so it's I mean you that same one if you were to equate that to Emerald City I think Emerald City's is like 1100 or 1200 or something yeah, like that yeah, it, it was like I mean somebody was telling me it was a four digit range now so like that's that's really crazy and I get it they you know they have the extra day they, they're four days now and, right. and whatnot. and they bring in a lot more people but it's mm. a completely different beast that's the thing. It's, yeah. it's become this, you know, I, I, I remember years ago we were talking almost about like the fear of Emerald City becoming San Diego and Seattle. And in a and weird way it has. It, exactly. You know, yeah, it's, it kind of um, came to pass. You know, it's like not to uh, speak ill of any of anybody there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. But, um, you know, it's like after, I mean... I mean, I haven't been involved in it for years now. Right. It's like I left the, I left the business. Uh, my former partners sold it. Right. And which is, I honestly, I find to be sad because they did exactly what we said we never would do. Yeah. And that was to sell out and become like San Diego. And that's, that's what happened. Yeah. You know, and, and not to be too maudlin about it, but it, it is almost kind of like the band that makes it big. Right. And it, it was, you know, we were the Beatles for a while. Yeah. And, and, yeah. We, and you know, I know somehow I ended up being Pete Best. And, <laughs> and I you, know, you know, and so, yeah. or, you know, yeah, but the band broke up. You know, Nyoko came rolling in uh, before you know it. Lennon, Lennon st stopped talking to uh, Paul go, right? and George. And, and Ringo was just like, fuck it. We're done. 
yeah. you know and that's and that's how the you know that's really kind of in a weird way real really weird warped way is what happened yeah you know, everything is one decision fostered another and everything right. fell apart and it's it's just the way it is i'm mm-hmm. you know i've moved on they've moved on there and yeah. but it's like i but part of me is still very disappointed that a show that you know i had a hand in creating became something that i was that i was completely against yeah you know it's kind of disappointing which is why you know I, that's why I like James and I. We really like how Jet City is. Yeah, we would just you know we want to get the word out more to people yeah. and let people know. It's like you know this is a fun show. You can get great deals on books and toys. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a higher variety of stuff this year than I've ever seen. Yeah, um, you know we have a very very talented pool of artist alley. You mm-hmm. know we got some great local guests and um, everybody's friendly here. I mean, there's no fights. There's nobody pushing or yeah, I one another. Um, um, everybody's, you know, everybody comes here to have a good time, and they and they leave having had a good time. Absolutely, and and that's what I love about the Jet City Comic Show is that it's it's got that homey feeling to it. You know, yeah. everybody's friendly, everybody's friends, and it's not so intense that you're gonna kill yourself trying to do it. No, no, you wanna you wanna wander around and talk to somebody for 15 minutes at a table. You can, and you're not gonna yeah. feel pressured to leave. And but you know, you look around and there's people swarming all over, but you're not to the point where you you can't. Yeah. Breathe. And I guess it comes down to you know um, it's it, this is a real expensive show for us to run. Right. Um, we James and I have never made any money on this in the eight years we've been doing it, which is another completely different thing. Like you know you get to these big not big ones where it's all about the profit. Right. Um, so it's one of those things where as long as the show continues to make enough money to roll over into the next, yeah, you know we can keep going forward. I mean there'll be one day there might be the year hits that we we realize oh we lost ten thousand dollars in this one sure and at that day we might have to skip a year or mm-hmm. clo- close up shop who knows right. but I mean ho- hopefully ideally the the ideal future for the show is to continue to evolve uh but not really change too much, you know. Kind of keep to a bit of the same, but I want to. It's like I wanted. To, I wanted to stay the same, but get better. Yeah, and I think the the best example of that is yeah. You you have more guests. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you got celebrity cars this year. Yeah, which yeah. is a brand new thing that we did yeah. this year. We didn't think that would be any any interest, yeah. but people love it. Yeah, I. I so think I'm it's like cool. I'm great. I'm, I'll be glad to do that again next year. And it's all within the same footprint. So yeah, exactly. So I mean, like I said, we'll. We'll, we'll evolve. You know, it's like we're the Marines. We adapt, we overcome, right? There you go. And I think that's a great spot to leave it. I know okay. uh, I know you got some commerce yes, to do. But, uh, uh, Brian, thank you very much for taking the time. And then um, uh, one last thing. Where uh, can people learn everything they need to know about the Jet City Comic Show? Just go to the website. Dot com. <laughs> like I love it. it. I love it. All right. Very, very good. All, All right, right, dude. I'll see you around, man. All right, Mike. Who's good Thanks. To yeah, yeah, definitely. Thanks. In addition to the Jet City Comic Show, you can check out Brian's shop, Subspace Comics in Linwood. They have a website, subspacecomics.com, as well as his comics work at modernpulp.com and microbrewcomics.com. 
And that will about cover it for this week's episode. I'd like to thank you for listening today and every week. I appreciate it. Um, I'll, I'll keep making podcasts as long as you keep listening. It, uh, it really means the world to me. Um, and if you'd like to check out all of my past shows and podcasts, including all of my old KGRG stuff, you can listen and subscribe on SoundCloud, Google Play Music, the Stitcher Radio app, and on Apple Podcasts. Like, share, rate, and review the show wherever you find it. I'd appreciate the feedback, and I will read your reviews on the air. Next week, Killing Spree joins me from the KGRG studios, and we're talking about Blade Runner 2049. You won't want to miss that. Also, don't miss Prize Fighters Friday night at the Hard Rock Seattle. Tell your friends. For my guests, Blackie Shepard, the Out of the Fridge podcast crew, and Brian from the Jet City Comic Show, my name is Mike, and this has been Mike Cyber Radio. And until next time, make good choices. Ready to form Voltron. Activate interlock. Dinotherms connected. Infracells up. Mega thrusters are go. Go, Voltron Force! Uh, yeah, yeah, I did this. So uh, the Let's Voltron podcast, that's the official like Voltron podcast. And so when I got the Voltron gig uh, for Dynamite, I did the last like classic Voltron series, you know. So they contacted me and they wanted me to be on the podcast. And they're all really cool dudes. And so uh, they needed to raise some money. And so I said, well, hey, man, let me do a T-shirt design for you. You know, and so I thought it would be cool to have the three, you know, main Voltron designs, you know. And it sells like gangbusters. What's cool is that San Diego Comic-Con in different panels. Uh, so the guy, uh, Tyler Levine, who does the voice of Chunk on the new series, he wore the shirt uh, at one of the panels. And then the girl who does the voice of Pidge on the new series at a signing wore, wore one of the shirts. Cool. Yeah, that's right. You know, there was like a third. Back in the 80s, there was. It was called the Gladiator Voltron. Yeah, there was like three in the other. And they six stacked. arms. Yeah. yeah. And it never got released here because the vehicle Voltron just tanked. So they. I did too. Favorite. I did too. Because you had like I don't care for the lions. I like the I like them both. I mean, the lions I always thought was a really cool original idea. But the vehicles I always thought looked cool, right? Right, yeah, like because yeah. there were so many vehicles, you know. It was like fifteen. Yeah, it was like fifteen vehicles yeah. all together. You know. I, I just remember the the uh, combining sequence would take like a half hour. Yeah, yeah that was the each, best part. Yeah, it, so was, it, it was awesome. Yeah, it was like every episode, but you were like, yeah, 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 there was like a minute and a half yeah. of dialogue at yeah. the beginning of the episode, a minute and a half of dialogue <laughs> at the end of the episode, <laughs> and the rest of it was just the combining sequence. Yeah, you know? yeah. And that's all not bad. The head. <laughs>trying to figure out a cool podcast right? yeah 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 and uh yeah. we got this one idea we were going to do like old episodes of like he-man and thundercats there you go. but dub over the voices with our own voices <laughs> oh. and the whole the whole conceit <laughs> that we were going to do with he-man is no matter what happened every time someone saw prince adam or he-man he'd start talking they go like dude do you really think you're fooling us all you did was change your shirt you're the same dude just say you're adam
dude, stop talking. Just say you're Adam. You know? <laughs> I like but that. But we figured we'd run into rights yeah. But like the, the power of Grayskull would burn his clothes off and give him a suntan. Right, yeah, those. yeah. What, you think because you got a, a, yeah. a, 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 a what are they, bleach dude, you're, yeah. you're, no one's going to know who you are? Fact, it's interesting. Is there any other character transformation like that? Because like, the I mean, only like, thing I think Clark Kent takes his glasses really on and off. The, the glasses but, thing, but, but it's accessories. Is. You know, everyone right. puts on a mask or a costume. Yeah, he, but, does, but, he just says, but I'm going to change my shirt. Well, and his complexion changes though. I yeah, mean, he goes from pasty to yeah, yeah. tan, and that—I yeah, yeah. yeah. I just yeah. thought of that. He's got the, but he's still built. He's got the iron cross eyes. Yeah, Prince yeah, Adam yeah. is still built like a brick shit house. Just True, like he man, you know, yeah. like it's same dude. You well, know? Well, he yeah. tries to off play with that pink shirt. Like he rolls in the back, puts yeah. on a spray tan, comes out with a with a bondage vest. I was like, Whoa, <laughs> who's this go. new guy? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they were going to do a Conan. Yeah, they were trying to do a Conan series. They couldn't get the rights to it. Yeah. Well, and I wonder, would they Conan have... Conan say, don't do drugs. <laughs> don't put mustard on cats. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing with uh, uh, He-Man is like, had all like the sci-fi elements, too. Right. It's like, yeah, were yeah. they really going to try to push that onto Conan, too? It's like, that's not going to work. Yeah. I always liked the design of the characters, Yeah. but I hated the mythology. Even as a kid, like, I thought He-Man, that's the dumbest fucking name. Yeah. You know? it's just, and so I always renamed them all. And, yeah. You know, like, I, and yeah. I was like, Prescient, I always called He-Man Grayskull. And then That's later cool. on, they, they kind of retconned the characters so that there is now a kind of pre-He-Man character named Grayskull. And it's basically like He-Man's uh, real dad kind of thing. Really? I get I, Wow! I don't know the actual That's, mythology, but I remember like I was talking to an old childhood friend who has kept up on it. He's yeah. like, remember how you used to call He-Man Grayskull? They're doing that now. <laughs> like, you're like, show me the money. Word? Yeah. Like, and where's my check? Yeah. Hey, Mattel, where's there, my there check? There it is. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> you got to make that paper, man. Right. So. so what's his story? Uh, so it's kind of based on me, very loosely based on me. I was in the service, uh, I was in the infantry, and uh, when I got out of the infantry, I had a hard time kind of adapting to the civilian world, you know? Not so much a PTSD thing, uh, but more just a, it's a deep training, you know? To be an infantryman, it, it causes you to interact with people in a very terse way. Like, if we were in the Army together, I'd come up and say, uh, hey, man, I need X, Y, and Z. I need it by such and such a time. I need it done by X standard. Cool. You go, Roger. That's it. 30 seconds. We're done. You've got a whole day's worth of shit to do. 30 seconds of discussion. In the civilian world, I'd have to come up and go, you know, man, you and me, we're buddies. And you're so cool, man. And, you know, the whole, we got to spend five minutes me buttering you up. Then I gotta very gingerly get to what I need you to do, and I've gotta somehow convince you that you're part of it and part of the team, and don't we all feel good about it? And then I gotta butter you out for five minutes, you know what I mean? And I just didn't have any patience for that you know? And it made me prickly. Plus, I was a little aggressive coming out of the service, you know, because I came straight from Guantanamo Bay, where it was kind of a daily thing where I was having to be aggressive with people to make them not be stupid, you know? Uh, and so, you know, it, I led a pretty solitary five years while I got my shit together, you know? And while I was doing that, I lived up on Capitol Hill. I was working at a bouncer, as a bouncer at this little gay bar, you know, which they didn't need me, you know? Nobody ever did anything. It was the easiest fucking job in the world, you know? Um, and then around that time, this girl got killed. She got stabbed about a block from where I lived. Uh, and that hit me really hard. I didn't know her or nothing like that, but it's one of those things where I just thought to myself, I could have stopped that. I mean, I'm not a badass, but I'm a well-trained guy, you know? I mean, if some 
dickhead that doesn't know what he's doing comes at me with a knife, I'll just take it from him, you know, like no, no harm, no foul, you know. Uh, and so that kind of affected me, and then around the same time, uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine, uh, her husband who had left her, left her because her baby that she had had with him was born autistic. Or they found out he was autistic when he was like six or seven. Uh, and so that kind of was, and then I found out that human trafficking is a huge thing in Seattle. Like, we account for like 75% of all the human trafficking that comes to the United States comes through Seattle. And it's because we don't inspect our shipping containers. We inspect like 2% of all the shipping containers that come through our ports. So all of these things kind of converged into this story about this guy who, he's autistic, uh, he gets kicked out of the army, develops a drug habit, gets kicked out of the army, lives this really solitary life, becomes friends with this woman kind of who had an autistic brother so she knows how to interact with him. Um, she's like a lawyer for the social justice firm trying to break up a Russian uh, child prostitution ring. The Russians kill her, and so our, our hero, our main character, he's not a superhero, he's not anything special, he's just a well-trained infantryman, and his autism gives him the ability to kind of read people's micro-movements, exactly, he can focus. So he's got not even a whole leg up, like a half a leg up in a, in a fist fight, right? Uh, and so it's just about him. He's like, he can't go back to his life before he knew this woman because it was empty. And now he's lost his friend, and so he needs focus. And her focus was breaking up this ring, so that becomes his focus. But his only talent is crushing skulls. So that's what he does. He gets some sack gloves and a fucking MMA helmet and takes down the Russian mob. It's, dude, I... Like I was just saying to Mike, I, I had to pause it because I got this pumpkin head gig and it's killing me because I, I just want to make these comics, man, because it's a great story and the guy that I've got writing it is amazingly good and I'm just, I'm dying to get it finished and out there, you know, because it's a personal story. It means something to me, yeah. you know. Yeah, well, for me, spatial awareness is really important to follow the action because I want people to know where everything's happening, you know. Because I plan it out really meticulously, like all the fights and the moves and the whole thing. Like, you know, it, if you notice, you notice that he comes up and he left hooks this guy and then right hooks the guy next to him. So basically, he comes up because his focus gives him the ability to be kind of ambidextrous. So he does, ding, ding, you know, and he, he uses the swing of his elbow or the, the swing of his shoulders to give him yeah, extra on the other side. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so he just crushes these guys, you know. That's why, like, if you look closely at this, his jaw is just destroyed, you know? Yeah. It's just glass in his mouth, you know? But the thing also, I mean, it's something that you've shared with me in the past, is that, you know, it doesn't it doesn't glorify the violence. No, what I'm trying yeah. to do is show that the violence... Well, ultimately, the whole moral of the story is that he's 100% wrong. Right. He's 100% right. wrong. She wouldn't have wanted him to do it that way. Right. You know what I mean? She right. would have wanted him to, you know, allow justice to occur. Because this isn't justice. This is revenge. Right. It has nothing to do with those kids, you know? Yep. Uh, and yeah. so that's what I want to portray at the end. Because he dies, you know, spoiler alert, he doesn't make it to the end. Gasp! Because he's a normal human being, you right. know? By the end, by the time he actually achieves his goal, his body's just dust, you know? I'm actually doing a new print right now of Ultron, but I'm doing my... I'm just redesigning it on my own. Yeah. You know, because they wouldn't let me redesign it for the comic that I did. Right, sure, know? yeah. And so, but I... I've always thought of Voltron as, so in the original Japanese, Voltron was a being. He right. was a consciousness, and then he was broken up. So I always thought, well, in that version, he probably would have looked different. 
like he would have looked more as a single being instead of five separate yeah. beings. He would have looked like a single thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But still with the lion motif, you know. So yeah. I'm just redesigning the robot. He's just hyper detailed, and I've got little tiny. Like I like really the, when I draw robots, I get in and draw like individual levers and gears and like sure, stretch, sure. Uh, like uh, what are they called? Sway bars in his shoulder, yep. and you know, just, I love that crap. Well, even in in your uh, from the ashes stuff, you, you can you can yeah. see where you're referencing that that masterpiece Voltron figure. It's like yeah. you can see like a lot of the uh, fact, the details I, and gears and cogs there. I think I, I I was a little too slavish to it. I, uh, if okay. I had it to do over again, I would probably try to uh, stylize it more. Mm. You know, just because hey, you're right. I, and the problem is, is I can see it too much. And yeah. That annoys me, you know. Yeah, see, I yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying, but I think, like, you know, fans would, you know, it's like you could pick up, oh, that. Yeah, you know, well, that, a lot of fans that, have that's said That's my doll. Yeah, a lot, of, <laughs> yeah. a lot of fans have said that they appreciate the fact that it looks real. Right, yeah. Um, but I I think I would have preferred, again, the main reason I did it is I was just so crunched for time. You know? Sure, sure. 